What's up, everybody? What is up, everybody? This is Gratitude Unfiltered, and I am your host, Joshua T. Berglund. It's good to see you guys tonight. Happy, I think it's Thursday. What's up, man? You are viewer one from South Carolina. What's up, Patrick? How you doing, man? Um, hope everyone's having a fantastic week. I hope everyone has just, um, you know, really made the most out of this week. Um, golly, it's been rain. It's the, the craziest weather in California right now. It's pouring down rain or it's beautiful. Either way, it's a blessing just getting to see. I mean, I'm looking out a window right now and everything is green and it's just so beautiful. Hi, Rhonda. Good to see you. Um, so yesterday I went book shopping. And like, it's one of those things. So I'm, I'm one of those people that I cannot go to the grocery store hungry. Are you guys like that? Like, I don't have the discipline yet to go to the grocery store and just get what I need. Um, that's a really bad example, but I can go to Walgreens. I'm like that. Um, I can also go to a bookstore and walk out with 10 books and then not end up reading any of them. I remember when I was used to uh, used to when I used to be a kid. Um, I still at the maturity level of one, but when I when I was a chick kid, um, when I would go to Hello Hollywood or Blockbuster, I would rent a bunch of games, and I would never like when I rented more than one game, I wouldn't play it, or I would it, it, like I don't know what it was. I would just get bored. I would never really spend the time to like get to know and play the game. It was kind of interesting. <laughs> So anyway, I went to the bookstore, so I prayed before I went. I was like, all right, just help me find the books that I need to read for this where I, this time in my life right now, this, this area of growth that I'm looking to grow. And sure enough, two books right in my lap. I, try, I almost bought a third one, but I knew what I was going to do. I knew it was going to be a mistake. Let me grab the books. Okay, I'm back. So I got The Way of the Warrior, which I'm going to actually talk a little bit about tonight. Um, the Ancient Path to Inner Peace by Erwin McManus. I actually go to his church sometimes in L.A. Amazing preacher. And Sean Bowles, God Secrets. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. Um, he's a prophetic minister and he's the real deal. It's It's creepy. And I'm, I gotta, I gotta tell you that in like when I used to go to church uh, earlier before I gave my life to Christ, I used to just trip out when like people raise their hands. I'm like, what's that all about? I don't get that. <laughs> I don't. That's weird. And then people talking in tongues, which I still can't really figure out. But I'm not knocking anything because. I mean, it's biblical and it's hard to knock it just because I'm not comfortable with it or I don't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. And that is the point of this journey right, that I'm on is that I know that there's, well, God secrets. I know there's God secrets. I know the Bible is not something that you just read like it's a James Patterson novel. You know Sean, Rhonda? Oh, that's massive. Okay, that's good to know. That's really good to know. Anyway, so I, I just know that there's more to it than that. In my walk with Christ, it's, it is truly a relationship kind of like, I got to tell you, I, my, most of my relationships would probably have done a lot better if I, if, well, I mean, if I would have put God first, but like if I would have paid as much attention to them as I'm doing God right now and trying to grow and trying to learn and trying to 
heal parts of myself um, that get to be healed, to learn life lessons, to get stronger. Hey, Rachel, good to see you. Oh, really quick. Thank you, radio audience. Thank you, podcast audience, for your support. Um, 36,000 downloads as of today. Thank you. Thank you for your support. So grateful. Of course, YouTube and Facebook, thank you guys very much. And thank you, PSTV, for supporting the show. Um, but I just, I want to know. It doesn't matter if it's a conspiracy thing. Like, you can tell me the sky is blue and I'm not going to believe you. I want to research why. I'm just that person. Are you any of you like that? So, because I had such a hard time understanding the Bible for most of my life, and in fact, just never spent time with it because I'm like, this is, this is crazy. This is insane. But then when I started reading it after giving my life to Christ and kind of having an idea of what the Bible is all about, I started to understand that there's a lot of secrets in the Bible that are not for people just to pick up and be able to read and get it. Now, I don't know why that is. I, I'm sure someone out there knows the reason why. I don't know the reason why. But I do know that there's a lot of really important pieces of information in that book. And, and then it's also giving me messages like, go look here, go look there, uncover this rock. And so I'm in a growth space in wanting to understand. But I'm not really ready to get into God's secrets yet. I've started reading it. It's tripping me out. And, you know, it's basically discussing how you can develop your gifts. And I've actually read that in the Bible and believe it to be true. Um, but the gift of word, like getting words, um, which that's, I don't get that. I don't think. Um, I'd like to know more about that. So that's why I'm reading this book. <clears throat> so I want to talk about. I do all these daily readings, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring gratitude and um, sorry, morning gratitude back, but it just hasn't worked out yet. Um, because I, I've been doing a lot of readings and I take a lot of notes and I write, and it's really powerful stuff. And and I think it can be beneficial. So I want to read a couple things from like my notes from today, and then I want to talk about um, Actually, for what I was talking about. Oh, the path to peace. I want to talk about the path to peace. I thought this was really interesting. But I'm going to start with reading some notes from earlier today, this morning, before I got into the path to peace. We have to be, we, we have to be headed, not, wait, we have to be, I have, so, oh my gosh, that's embarrassing. I can't read my own writing. We have to be healed, not to be wounded. If you were holding on to something that someone has done to you, the only person you are killing is you. You have to get to the place of joy and gratitude for the people who wounded us. Now, I know that's hard. Like, I, I could probably just do the whole show on this. Golly, how many of us are holding on to the hurt? Like, it's not even so much the hurt but it's the person that hurt you. Like how many of us are still holding on to the anger or the resentment or the bitterness towards them? And it's so crazy that, and it's true though, cause it's, it, 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 it's, it's crazy that that's how it works, that it adds, ends up hurting you worse. <laughs> but I mean, it's almost, like it almost kind of offends me to know that it hurts me worse. Like I'm hurting worse by holding on to the resentment towards the person that hurt me. <laughs> like, why does that work that way? But it does. And, and I've shared over and over again, but my, you know, my sixth time in jail, my second night there, after I gave my life, I mean, I'm screaming at God. Why won't you change me? Why won't you fix me? Why can't you just make me normal like everybody else? I said that to God. I really did. Screaming out of the top of my lungs. And he said, you have to forgive your father. How am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to forgive him after what he did? Because it happened to him too. That 
compa- compassion's really great at knocking chips off your shoulder. Um, cause I mean, I remember feeling all these boulders that were surrounding me to start to chip away after that happened. Um, but man, you know, getting to that place and I can honestly say that I was talking to my mom and stepdad, uh, Robbie at dinner about this, about my dad. And even though I forgave him, I still wasn't like, I'm grateful all this happened, but you know, about a year and a half, no longer than that. It's taken a couple of years, honestly. But I can truly say I'm at this place where I'm grateful for my father. And like, I'm, I'm grateful for how hard he was on me. And mind you, sometimes it, you know, it definitely went over the top sometimes. And the abuse was no joke. And what he did to my mom was not cool. What he did to, you know, my brother. I don't think my brother got it as bad as I did, though. But even my sisters, like, but everything that happened to me, I can look at and say I'm grateful because my fight, my drive, my determination, my, my resilience, my courage, my, like, you're not going to break me. Like, that, that attitude, that came from my dad. I mean... The the job that I had for 18 years was working with my father. And, you know, we had a good company. But that opportunity nurtured my nurturing skills, like my desire to serve. And, my, and it trained me of how to, like, fight for other people. Because I worked with complex disabilities for 18 years. And you have to fight insurance companies. You fight doctors. It's like... But that it, it, I, I look at that and go, that really helped me. Like that kind of nurtured me and taught me and educated me how to, to do, you know, how to be a servant for other people. Like it gave me that, that fight and trained and gave me the savvy and it allowed me to work with, you know, the heads of insurance companies all over the country you know, like negotiating contracts and like getting a feel and getting to see what other people are like. And, you know, and then just like, just the experiences of working in the homes of people that were living below the poverty line, you know, just having this unique perspective of what poverty really looks like, what success looks like and getting to see all of that in one giant ball of mess that was actually one of the most beautiful experiences in my life to this day. I, I, every time I see somebody in a wheelchair, I get excited, not about the person in the wheelchair, but it's like, I look to see if they're seated correctly and I like to see what kind of wheelchair that they have because it was a big part of what I was, you know, I did. And like, I, I excited and I love to have conversations with people about it. And, you know, when you hear people's stories that have cerebral palsy or ALS or muscular dystrophy, or, um, you know, even people that are having like flap surgeries, it's it's fascinating to hear their perspective on life and their sometimes just incredible gratitude there's there's times when you'll hear that they would say like i'm so grateful i had this accident and their freaking spinal cord injury like how do you be grateful your spinal cord injury you're in a wheelchair for the rest of your life like how in the heck are you grateful for this and the perspective is that they learned something. They met somebody special. They maybe felt love for the first time. Maybe they found God. Maybe, I don't know. I, I mean, there, I heard a lot of different answers in 18 years. And then there's the other side of it where you have, hey, Carol, how are you? Um, you have some people that are just bitter and angry and frustrated and like hate God for this. They blame God that they're, you know, have a spinal cord injury or they got in a car accident or whatever. And really looking at it, spinal cord injury, being molested, being abused, addiction, physical abuse. I mean, it's, it's not the same, but it's traumatic. And it's an opportunity for us. It's an opportunity for us to 
if we can, as this said, if we, if we can find gratitude for the thing that wounded us, that's freedom. That's joy. That's limitless joy. Anyway, that was for my reading this morning. There's no purity without innocence. If you have a wall up against people, God cannot get through that wall. One person, oh wow, that one person we want to bring in, we are keeping out. I'm going to read that one more time because I just now really kind of understand this. There is no purity without innocence. If you have a wall up against people, God cannot get through that wall. One person we want to buy, the one person we want to bring in, we are keeping out. So think about this. And I want to go back to jail real quick. I asked God to help me over and over again. Like how many of you have like are in this place, you're like, God, I need you. God, help spare me from this addiction. Release this addiction for me. I don't want to, I don't want to like cheat on my wife anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, abuse meth anymore. I don't want to abuse alcohol anymore. I don't want to be an abuser anymore. I don't want to be angry. I want to be happy. Like, how many of you said that? How many of you said that? And you're like, God, where are you? I know I did. I know. But I, I and I swear that I sought God. And but and I don't know if it's because I didn't do the work or I wasn't disciplined enough with trying to read the Bible or do disciplined enough with prayer, but I don't know. But I tried for a long time for God to get to me and change because I asked him in jail, why won't you change me like everybody else? Why can't you just fix me and make me normal? Nothing until I was in jail. God didn't change my life until I did the one thing that he told me to do, which the irony is just so thick here. But when I screamed why he wouldn't change me, and God told me, you have to forgive your father. I'm like, how am I supposed to do that? And hearing, because it happened to him too, and it chipped at that wall that I talked about at the beginning of the show. Chipped just enough for God to penetrate a little hole right there. Just enough for me to see hope and believe that God was actually there for me. And see, when I gave my life to Christ, my wall didn't crumble all at one time. Yeah, I felt like I got knocked down and lifted up at the same time. It, but the chips were still there. The, the walls were still there. The hurt was still there. I think one of the biggest misconceptions, and I, and I, I, I want to speak on this, and I haven't even gotten to the subject of the show yet, <laughs> but I want to speak on this because one of the biggest misconceptions are like when I, I go, okay, okay I'm a, I, I follow Christ now. Yes, yay. Like I thought that I, after the spiritual high wore off, you know, because I was just floating for like two weeks and then life hit. I'm like, wait a second. I haven't changed. I mean, the only difference, the only difference, the only true difference was this time I knew that my heart changed because I was committed to doing the work. I was committed to seeking God. I was committed to spending time with him. And that's when I started noticing the changes, right? But as far as the anger, the rage, the still living in sin because i had not given up sex i had not given up alcohol at that time i mean i can't believe i didn't give up alcohol at that time knowing all the trouble that had caused in my life but nonetheless i didn't that's what my ex and i did we drank and but he was there 
But I've noticed that the more I cry out to God now, the more that I seek God now, the more of the wall falls off. And so it's almost like there's more of God available or I'm seeing more of God. I'm experiencing more of God. So I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. Um, God releases his blessings in proportion to the character you allowed him to develop. God's presence will feel that it, fill that area, submit to him. God deserves our best. Do you have a plan for being your best? Do you? I'm talking to you. Radio audience, you can check this out um, at facebook.com slash gratitude unfiltered. Join the conversation. Thank you guys again for downloading the show. But you know how they would talk about vision, they, you know, like vision, a man with no vision is, I, I forgot the saying, Somebody, Rhonda, help me here, please. But vision is so key. In fact, um, in this prayer that I use, this, um, I have a prayer that like it's it, it has six like six steps in it but one of the things is writing out the vision and, and surrendering it to god and it's the vision that i believe that god has for my life and i write it out it's part of my prayer but what this is saying like if you if you don't have a plan for your vision you're you're not going to make it happen that people all the entrepreneurs talk about this all the time um, the, the people that are putting out courses, they, they always talk about vision, vision, vision. Well, you have to have a plan too. And that's no different than your relationship with God and becoming a high, the highest version of yourself and, and becoming, uh, write the vision down. That's right. So you got to have a plan. And I will tell you that having a plan along with I mean, there's not really any steps to what I do, but in the end, I do have a plan. And that sure has made it, but I feel like that I check that plan with God in my prayers, um, in writing, and I, I check that plan, and I think it matters. I think it helps a lot. I think it makes a huge difference. Okay. Um, hmm. You know, this statement I just, I wrote down, God knows the pain we have to go through. I don't know, you know, I, there's a belief out there and I, I can't say that I believe it. I can't say I don't because it kind of makes sense. But when I read, when I hear God knows the pain we have to go through, when I hear that, I think to myself, so do we choose our trauma? Is this some kind of thing that we, you know, we have going with God that this is like the assignment that we sign up for before we're born. I mean, I'm sure that that's blasphemy to some people, but the fact is like, I have a curious, I'm curious about it because it kind of makes sense because I really believe that God is a loving God. <laughs> like, why would he let us go through some of these things unless if we decide that we want to go through it? I think that's a fair question. I'm not trying to like, again, I haven't been to seminary. I don't even know if I would trust seminary anyway, <laughs> but I don't have all the answers, but I do have a questions and I love feedback. So you guys love to hear from you. Okay. I'm going to read something about hope and then I'm going to start the whole reason I wanted to do a show. If you don't mind. Our vision needs to be placed on something to live a life of hope. If we keep our eyes focused on God and his promises, the world around us will grow strangely dim. So if we keep our eyes focused on God and his promises, the world around us will become strangely dim. Meaning, right now, if I feel like I'm called to do something, I will do it. I'm not living my life to please man. I mean, look, there's a, an element to that because I'm, you're a human being, but for the most part, I'm pretty focused on doing what God has called me to do. 
and some of it is insane. Some of it doesn't make sense, but I just I follow it. But you're right. The, the the point of that statement was the world around us will go strangely dim. It's because it does. It, it quits. It quits. It doesn't matter as much. It's not as important. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? So I'll start over. Our vision needs to be placed on something to live a life of hope. If we keep our eyes focused on God and his promises, the world around us will go strangely dim. As we see more clearly God's plan for the world and our lives, plan for the world and our lives and the old way of living. Okay. And then our old way of living no longer cuts it. I completely butchered that. Sorry. Like, doesn't, doesn't it mean, doesn't it, like, I don't, this is the thing. I'm trying to wrap my head around this because it seems like if we knew that we had gifts, if we knew that there was this better way of living where it was a freedom, whether it was peace, inner peace, which we're going to talk about tonight. And if we knew that there was a way to do it, like, why wouldn't we do it? Because it's not the medic, the medication we take is not give, bringing us peace. The, 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 the alcohol, the sex, the, I mean, it's not, it's not bringing us peace. It's not elevating us. I mean, I'm, you know, sex with, no, that's, I'm talking about, you know, being promiscuous and, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like if, if, if something greater is available for you and you're aware of it, and then you know that you have these amazing spiritual gifts that can be developed and, and they can grow and then you can develop new ones, which I'm learning about, which is amazing. And if you knew that was available for you, wouldn't you want that? And if you knew that the suffering would end, like you get to quit being miserable, wouldn't you want that? Okay. So, the show. I love, I, I love this. I mean, there's, it's about so much about peace and fear, but I want to read these two paragraphs really quick, and then I'm going to talk about this. The path of peace comes only when we are willing to walk into our darkness and face our own shadow. We must face the very thing that steals our peace or things that still are peace. When we find peace, we are made whole. The ultimate goal of peace is not only that we are made whole within ourselves, but also become part of the whole within creation. The original intention of God is for all things to be interconnected, that when there is peace, there is relationship, in harmony between all things. When people ask me how I'm doing, I typically think, I mean, it's just a habit to say, I'm great, I'm happy, I'm blessed. But the truth is that there's, I have peace. And it's been quite a journey. It wasn't as simple as just saying, all right, God, I give my life to you. Okay. Oh, now I have peace. No, it doesn't work that way. There's so many people that are the, some of the most faithful people on the planet that they just give everything they have to God, but they don't have peace. And, there, it's so, and it's work to do it. I think one of the most offensive things about churches and religion in general is that we don't talk enough about our shadow self. And which is, you know, the thing that you, you feed when you're, when you're doing the, 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 the bad things that you do, your dark side, you know, that we all have. And, but we don't talk about it enough. Like we, we, instead we try to run from it, pretend it doesn't exist. 
and and it just ends up at eating us more and we've created this culture of secrets because there's shame and and all of that really kind of goes back to this this feeling that our shadow is is so bad and we we can't acknowledge it we can't you know we we have to run from it or pretend it's not there and and by doing that it, it is forcing us to live in shame by doing that it's forcing us some of us to live double lives because we're like no one can find out no one can find out the secret about me and and because of that we end up that's how we feed it and then it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and it took me so you know i moved back to la um after getting you know that marriage that uh to someone i didn't know um and it didn't work out it's an old i'm gonna have, have to talk about that at some point um but it put me in a situation where I've been alone and single, but the, the relationship really showed me the areas of my life that I get to work on and heal. Um, but it also put me in a position for the first time that I was alone in isolation for an extended amount of time. And I had a choice to continue doing the things that I normally did in isolation or finally face my shadow to face my passenger and i don't know how it happened because i mean i want to be honest like i didn't read something i i honestly think i got lucky because i've heard over and over and over again that you have to dance with your shadow and i'm like what does that mean what does dancing with your shadow mean i i don't want to mess around with that thing it's tried to kill me <laughs> how many bad decisions i've made and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, dance with it may be the wrong words. But for some reason, I'm again, I'm taught this chair. I think I talked about this the other night. I'm looking at that chair again. I was sitting in that chair and I felt it. And it was like planting the seeds in my head of like, all right, you know what we can do now? We can get on that app and we can we can get some meth and then we can have sex and we can do this and no one will know. And you can do it for two weeks or however long it was. Just planting those images in my head, taunting me and, you know, obviously glorifying it and making it sound like this is going to be something so wonderful. And it's not wonderful. <laughs> but I remember sitting in that chair and all that happened. And I just turned to my right and I said, not today. You're not, it's, it's not happening. And then just went on about my business. And then all of a sudden, right after that, I felt this rush of adrenaline shoot through me. Like I had just snorted a bunch of cocaine, <laughs> to be honest. I was like, woo, I'm, I'm, oh, I mean, I felt amazing because I felt empowered. I felt strong. I really think is that I learned to respect myself just a little bit more, which made me feel love for myself. It's the process of me loving myself. And then for every wave of spiritual attacks and things like that, that happened, I, to be honest, I would just kind of like, it's not happening. And I felt stronger each time. What I did, and I didn't realize it, was that I just acknowledged my shadow. I didn't run to it, I didn't run from it, I didn't try to like slow dance with it, I didn't tease it, just, I know you're there, not today. Fast forward a couple months, Jesus actually talks about this in the Bible, <laughs> not sitting in that chair, but how you acknowledge your shadow. It's fascinating. So we all have our shadow. And I think 
that one of the, the most effective ways to address your shadow is with truth and light. And light means by mentioning your shadow and talking about it, you're bringing it to light. Being honest about your shadow is actually part of what ultimately I think brings you the most joy and the blessings and you're setting it free too. It allows you to find people in your life that can relate to you and maybe you know you you go oh you know what they're in a different place oh i see i see somebody that um is has more wisdom on this subject and you know maybe they can mentor or help you or whatever or then you meet somebody that maybe is where you used to be and that gives you an opportunity to mentor or you find people that are right where you're at and then you collaborate and then you find ways that, you know, you can work together for good. There's so much power in speaking your, your truth and standing in your truth. I, I, I think it draws people to you, the, the people that need to be in your life. It's like a bat signal. Like truth is a bat signal. I swear to you. Like, speak your truth. Bat signal. Carol says, it sounds like you've made peace with your shadow. It will always be there, but not always. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thank you, Carol. Patrick says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is fortress. Salah. Very nice, man. Man's given free will. We choose right or wrong. Well, it's true. Oh. Currently, God is impressing upon my heart the power of surrender, specifically that I need to surrender to having an earthly plan in this season of my life. You know, that's actually a really good point, Patrick. Um, I've chosen a different path than the earthly path this time around. And I talked about this before where I have to be all in or nothing. It is. I don't really have a choice. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I do have a choice, but the fact is, is I, I get to be fully committed. I, I feel like it is this, I can, I, I can talk about this. I'm going to sound like a crazy person, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. I don't think my calling was ever to have a, a job. Or I don't think my calling was ever to be a salesperson or entrepreneur of the year. I mean, look, I, 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 I go back to this and go, every time I've used my gift, the thing I was born with to try to make money, something crazy happens. It's like, it's like something almost supernatural happens and gets in the way. But every time I get on the path, the path that I believe that God wants me on, which is basically getting to know him, in ways that, you know, just the deeper levels of, of what God's really trying to say and what God's really trying to show us and just spending time with him, I swear to you, magic and miracles happen everywhere. And I, I know that that's not exclusive to me. I really believe that, you know, if you follow that, what the spirit is telling you to do, you'll end up exactly where you, not only where you should be, but ultimately where you'll be able to look at and go, man, I'm so glad I was there because if I wasn't there in that position, then I wouldn't be here. And getting to that place is amazing. But I mean, I guess it's also why I'm so grateful for all the people that just magically come in my life and that have helped make this journey possible. It's any time that I try to take over control of my life, that things just go wrong, and I mean colossally wrong. I mean, God has just made it so obvious, like, to me, what he wants me to do. So I'm trying to do it the best I can. And I'm not always going to be perfect, because honestly, like, there's, I'm not, well, that, because I'm human. Um, but I, honestly, it's, like, I, I have so many questions. I know that they'll eventually be answered, but I have so many questions because 
I want to know, you know, and especially after seeing how things just open up again, like going back to following what the, the spirit inside you says and just open, even if it's the most asinine thing, even if it means public ridicule <laughs> or epic failure. Like I read on someone watched the old show. It was called um, After Show Prayer or something like that. It was with my my an old wife and I did the show. And someone called me like so happy you're away from that mother effer piece of crap. That guy's a jerk talking about me. And I'm like, okay, that, that's amazing. And I wanted to attack back. Like if you only knew the truth, like I wanted to do all that stuff. I just didn't. It's not worth it. And I realized that, you know, sometimes doing what I feel led to do and or well, I, when I say I feel like I feel led to do, it's honestly what my what I feel inside my spirit is. And for as epic failure as that marriage was, and it didn't work out, and it sucks, I think both of us would say, yeah, so grateful that it happened. Or at least I can say that. And I, But I think she would too. I don't know. I don't talk to her. But I think she would say that because she's in a place that she's always dreamed of being and she's pursuing acting and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, she's doing what she's always wanted to do. And ultimately being here has allowed me to be and pursue exactly what I'm called to do. I mean, the people that have come in my life, all of it. So I can't look at it as an accident. And I truly know that that was the Holy spirit guiding me to do that. Because if not, I would have still been in that toxic relationship because I guarantee you if I wouldn't have gotten that vision that I'm going to marry this woman, I wouldn't have left my ex. And unfortunately, that was not a healthy relationship and it wasn't nurturing and it wasn't going anywhere positive. And I hate that because honestly, I think she's great. I, I mean, I love her to death. And you know, but we weren't right for each other. But I was where I was at in my life and in my spirit. Like I, I wasn't strong enough to break certain habits. You know, God really wanted, I, I want to have a healthy relationship with sex. Well, if I was still in that relationship, I wouldn't have a healthy relationship with sex. And odds are I would be going back and doing all that crazy crap I was doing before. I know I would have. Because even when I felt led to quit having sex the first time, I ended up giving in because I couldn't resist her. I wasn't strong enough. But I can never heal those parts of me. I can never heal, heal the, the parts of me that were so messed up trying to love somebody else. And now that I've had an opportunity to really work on that stuff and heal that stuff, it, it, it's been a, a life-changing. But... It only came from me stepping into what scared me the most. It was facing my shadow. It was following what the spirit was telling me to do. And the spirit was telling me constantly to take these crazy, insane risks. And at the same time, hearing, trust me, hear, trust me, surrender, give up control, let it go. Just let it go and spend time with me. That's been everything. That is, it's changed everything. So what I'm trying to tell you is that if you're seeking God and you're truly seeking him and you're trying and you're really trying to have a relationship with him, those promptings you get, pay attention to. And it's going to ask you to do some crazy stuff. But I'm telling you, it's like the path to freedom. And you're going to face some obstacles. You're going to, you get to face your shadow. You get to acknowledge that it exists. Not play with it, not run from it, not try to make love to it. Just freaking acknowledge that it's there. And it doesn't mean just you acknowledge it. It means like to yourself, but sometimes 
it's very beneficial to talk about your shadow self because there's freedom in that. And so the whole point of this, this episode is the path to peace. And for me, the path to peace was getting to a place where I'm okay being alone. It may sound pathetic, but a lot of us struggle with needing to be in relationships, needing to have somebody, just needing to have a warm body. I know, I've been there. For 30, <laughs> like, how many, how many years now? You know, I mean, there's no judgment. It's not about judgment at all. But I'm just telling you there's freedom from it. But I'm going to be, um, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to, I want, I, I'm trying to grow and I feel like I'm learning things and I want to start teaching and kind of discussing some of the stuff that I'm reading to get your feedback. Um, you know, I'm curious to know what you guys think of it because again, it's, it's, it's different. Like the show gratitude unfiltered is starting to shift a little bit and trying to go really deeper into really the spirituality of my faith. I think that's a fair way to put it because I, I just, Again, I don't think that everything is so black and white the way it's presented to us. And that's why I'm going in for the deeper meaning of everything. And, you know, I truly believe that there's this amazing opportunity for freedom that we're all afraid to have, to take. We're all afraid to take the risk, whether it's fear of judgment whether it's fear of shame, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of failure. I don't know if I said that. But there's this path to freedom and, and, and peace. Oh, I want to say something. So I've talked about surrender being like the most in control of myself I've ever been, just surrendering, I feel more powerful. Do you know what I've learned also? I've learned that to be a true warrior, to be a true warrior for what you were created to be, you have to have peace. There is no greater strength than peace, love is peace. Hmm. So nice to not have so much noise in my head anymore. That's peace. How many of us are haunted by the voices in our head? How many of us? You know, I've talked about, I don't know if this is true and I'll be honest about it. If this changes over the next month or a few weeks or even tomorrow, but ever since I've acknowledged my shadow, again, not running from it, not pretending it didn't exist, but ever since I acknowledged my shadow and just learned to let it be there and put the light on it, I feel like all those things that affected me, the mental illness, the borderline personality disorder, the you know, the, the list of other things that I've been diagnosed with. I swear to you, it's gone. 
I don't know how to explain it. The ADHD, it's gone. I'm reading. I'm studying. Do you know how freaking hard that's been in my life? Because of all the noise in my head? The noise in my head is gone. I mean, I may get a whisper. Not today. I, 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 I somehow am becoming convinced, and I could be wrong, that getting to this place of peace, getting to this place of I trust myself, getting to this place of just being able to be alone, the, 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 all the mental illness crap that I've talked about in the past has disappeared. Depression, ADHD, borderline personality disorder, it's gone. I, it's so quiet inside my head, other than just ideas, other than just conversations with God. I don't know how long this lasts. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't. But I've been charting this for about a been paying attention to it for a little over a week now. And I promise you, I've never had a week of silence in my brain ever. So for those of us, for those of you who do struggle with a lot of voices in your head and self-doubt and and you're interested in finding this road to peace, reach out to me. I'm happy to talk to you about this. Like I'm this is what I'm studying right now. And I'm happy to schedule a time to talk to any of you. That goes for the podcast audience, the radio audience, uh, Facebook, YouTube. I'm happy to talk to you about this. So thank you. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it tonight. It's again, much different. Thank you everyone who watched and who downloaded and thank you everybody for um, your support. Have a blessed night.